Welcome to Sweet Talk. This broadcast is brought to you by the Continuing Education Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. This podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts and the format is conversational. We will be having conversations with businesses, professionals, entrepreneurs, community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. Now, let's get started with Sweet Talk. This is Jason Batalden um, hosting today's episode of Sweet Talk. Uh, you notice on the screen with me today is Paul Dickey. He is, uh, Paul, can I officially call you a co-host now? I guess we're co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling you the co-host of so, the show. So I before, I guess before my job was just to make sure nothing went wrong. <laughs> well, you know, when we were back in the studio, you stood behind the camera. You know what I well, mean? Well, yes. Could, we could ignore you if we wanted to, but now that you're on screen, I can't. I can't ignore you anymore. I, no, we have no, to call no, you something. no. And uh, you know, and and you know, now my my job is to you know still make sure nothing goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, uh, before Paul and I uh, waste all our time today talking about the obvious, uh, we have a special guest with us today, Sister Anthony Marie Greving. Um, did I get it right? Get the last name right, Sister. Uh, pronounce it graving. 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 I got it. Sister, so before I mess up anymore, we have to do the special, uh, I have to do the official thing. And the official thing is welcome, everyone. And when we, we say welcome, we start the episode. And sister, please uh, introduce yourself today to our audience and, uh, and then we can, and let's jump into what we're talking about. Okay, my, as Jason said, my name is Sister Anthony Marie Graving, and I was born and raised in the Midwest in Iowa uh, from a big family, but I moved west in order to get adventure. <laughs> and I uh, started in Spokane as a, uh, a teacher of physical education, nutrition education in a local grade school there. And then went into um, just a lot of other different things that I was interested in. And came to Idaho in 1973 and uh, continued with physical education, nutrition education for all eighth grades. Taught them how to cook, how to bake. And then got into the senior citizens program in Blackfoot. Idaho. Okay. Um, I loved the, to work with older adults and seniors and uh, learned after 40 years being with the aging program that I needed to step back and let somebody else do the work. Okay. Um, and I thought I could probably do a whole lot of other things at home like filing and so forth. But after five weeks, <laughs> Uh, that was, that was it. Idaho State University called and asked whether I would assume the geriatric certificate program. So that was in 2016, and here I am. Very so that's my, that's my work right now. Uh, I work 15 hours a week here at the, uh, the School of Nursing, and um, 
I enjoy what I do, trying to get students interested in older adults because 10,000 10, people a day in the U.S. turn 65 years old. Wow. So that's a, it's a, it's an, a different kind of statistic, but a greater statistic is by 2050, one in every five people in the United States will be 65 years of age. Really? I did not know that. And so um, trying to get students, especially in the health professions, to get interested in older adults and how to deal with them, how to live with them, especially within health professions, is a big task. But I'm up for it. It's a huge task. It's a huge task. And I think that kind of jumps right into our conversation, sister, a little bit, too, is that um, there's there are some preconceived or assumptions, right? Uh, is preconceived the right word? Or we all have this idea in our head of what it means to be a, a senior, right? Um, and what kind, I'm, I'm assuming when you're dealing with typically a, a much younger student um, who probably, because it's safe to assume, aren't getting into the field of nursing so that they can work with the senior population? Is that? Jason, it's not only nursing, but it's like pharmacy, uh, physical therapy, or occupational therapy. I think sometimes uh, our younger population stereotype are older adults. And that can be a discrimination against the individuals. And it could be because they walk funny, uh, they walk slower than, than the kids do. And I have to tell you a story. When I first came to the university, um, and you know, <laughs> kids are on skateboards and so forth, and I'm doing my walk down the, down the decline of the, to the School of Nursing, and they're going by me really fast. And I'm thinking, okay, that could be a stereotypical example. <laughs> right. I think they haven't said anything, but it, it, it's, it's how we look at different segments of populations. And it could be older adults, it could even be special needs populations. Yeah, there you go. Of how, you know, there, there are three connective elements. We have a prejudicial attitude toward older people we have uh, that same attitude toward just old age. When you're talking about old age, could be 60, it could be 65, but it also could be part of the aging process. You know, things wear out or things hurt, uh, knees hurt, back hurts, and you don't move as fast. So people could just look, or students could look at uh, older individuals saying, they have nothing. Why are they still alive? Right. Why do we treat them the way we do? But um, anyway, that's a little bit of ageism in relation to older adults. Well, I, you know, if, when you're young, and I, I do kind of remember that, um, when you're young, you look at um, older people and you think, yeah, I'm never going to be that way. <laughs> I, I'm never going to get there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting a, 
AARP mailers yes. <laughs> sent to your home. And you're going, wait, what, what's this? Uh, and you realize, you know, you wake up one day and you realize uh, you're, you're no longer on the incline of life. You're on the decline of life. Um, and you look at younger, and I, you know, I think it goes the opposite way too. You look at younger people and you go, they don't know anything. They just have no clue. Um, and so I, I think that prejudice, I, it kind of goes both ways. It's just that um, society as a whole, I think, is willing to kind of, I don't want to say throw out, but disregard um, people as they transition to the elderly role. You know, I think, Paul, you're, you're so right. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because when we were young too, you know, grandpa yeah. and grandma moved much slowly. Uh, they had a tendency sometimes to complain about all their aches and pains and their neighbors and so forth. So I think it's part of the human condition. Mm. I, I, I mean, as we get older, uh, I mean, and that part of that slowdown is... Um, Gravity is like our enemy now. It's, like, it's I don't know about you, but you know, it seems like you wake up in the morning and it's like going, yeah, I slept, but this I, I really hate that first half hour of the day. <laughs> well, so I mean, Paul, you bring up a good point, though, right? I mean, that that in in um, so I guess my question then, sister, are we are we talking? Is, is, is the elderly uh, population, the elderly as a group, uh, would, would it, are we saying they're a marginalized population? Would we go that far to say, be, are we saying that? Are we saying that, that you know, the, our society has taken the 65 and older group and mar you know, marginalized them, uh, minimized their, their, their voice, their impact, the, what they can contribute? You know, I think, Jason, probably that could be the possibility, but it depends upon how, uh, how much of an attitude we have as older people, and I'm clocked as older person, but it depends upon how I view life and what my attitudes are toward life and what I would like to, how much more I would like to give to life through my ideas, through committees, whatever, whether I'm on the city council, whether uh, I, I value my uh, ideas enough, that, that slows down the marginalization of the older adult. But if you are sitting at home, you lost your spouse, and you are very lonely, um, then I would consider that part of the marginal, mar, being marginalized as an older adult. And so I guess what I'm saying, uh, bottom line, is that no matter how, what age we are, whether we are 16, whether we are 72 or 80, we still have contribution to make to society, and we have, we have a lot of of give to our younger adults and younger adults can give a lot to the older adults. So it is this something, I'm sorry. It, well, it just depends how we view life, I guess. That's, that's my overall uh, bridge. So is this some of the lessons that you um, try to convey in your um, geriatric certification uh, program? 
Yes. Now I'm I'm the coordinator of the program. So Paul, I'm not a teacher okay. or, or a, a a faculty member, but I'm the coordinator for this program. So when students come, they they come sometimes with fear and trepidation, mainly because of who I am as a Franciscan sister, but also um, they don't know what this geriatrics is all about. So when I say, you know, what do you know about geriatrics? Uh, it's old people. Well, so what? So we talk about it. Right. Well, and, and I'm, bad, I'm sorry to interrupt, sister, but I, I think you bring up the good point that you kind of referenced earlier. Uh, our view and understanding of geriatrics, of the senior uh, individual or population, is based on currently on our own experiences uh, with our own family members, right? That's correct. Uh, so if we have, um, and, and that's all, you know, part of that too is a little, you know, your view of life and how you approach it, but, but health has a, a significant impact on that view, right? You, you brought up the scenario of the, the widow or the widower, um, you know, that, that, has an, that, that has an impact, but also your, your physical health. And as Paul pointed out earlier, the older we get, the, the, more, <laughs> the more, you know, more we feel that, the more we experience the breaking down and wearing down of things. Um, so, that, so a student comes in, um, you know, they, they're going to be, it's possible they may be intimidated, not just because of the, you know, uh, of the, but because of their own experiences, right? Maybe they had negative experiences. Maybe, uh, you know, my, my favorite story about my grandma, I mean, you know, um, God rest her soul in peace. But, you know, she, we were scared of her. <laughs> she was a mean, she was mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you, you were always glad, you know, uh, when you listened to her, because, uh, you know, she talked horrible about everyone else. And then you knew the minute you gone, you, she was talking to someone else about how horrible you were. And, um, you know, God, God bless her very much. But on the flip side, um, you know, that, 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 that was a, that's a shaping experience for me when we deal with, with, uh, when that's I see right. seniors, you know, but, but the other thing, Jason, I'd like to bring up is in the past, we had some of dad and mom's relatives living with us. So it's an intergenerational kind of family, but today, you know, mother and father work. And so, uh, it, it takes an extra effort in order for, father and mother to make a call to mom, their mom and dad and really to find out how they're doing and what they would like to do together. Right. If that's a possibility, depending upon if they're in the vicinity or if they're across the country. But, but that's, I always say to the students, if you have a mama or dad, uh, if you have a grandpa or grandma or you have a mom and dad, uh, call them call them every other day or call them every day and find out how they're doing because it's that human voice that is so uh it, it's it's uh calming for them but it also can be a very reconciliation if they are at odds with their daughter or vice versa well and I, I let's just let's talk for a minute too about the current reality we're in um, you know, with the COVID-19 and the pandemic and the fact that the senior uh, age, that age group is a highly vulnerable population. 
Um, lack of content, uh, families not able to visit uh, has become an issue uh, uh, beyond just a, a, you know, an issue. I mean, it's a big deal now, right? I mean, and that's a significant impact on that, that population and I'm assuming care as well. Yes. Um, now, if I could quote, like the CDC put out something just recently, like eight out of 10 people who are in like a nursing home or assistive living will die because of hospitalization, because of ventilators, because they have trouble breathing. And so it for, for uh, bids family members coming into like a hospital situation or even into a nursing home skilled care facility in order to see their loved one. That puts a lot of stress, not only on son or daughter, but also very much so on the older adult, um, especially if there's a good relationship. Um, and you have, you can't have a lot of uh, family members coming in to a nursing home if the patient is quarantined. Yeah. Right. So either they have to talk through a window or through some kind of means where they can't, sometimes can't even see them. They talked on the phone. Right. So, but you have a lot of people at home who um, one, one person might be quarantined. And so the older person is quarantined as well. As well. That, that's a hardship because the loneliness sets in. Yeah. Yeah. And that, what, what do we do about that? I mean, right? I mean, I guess that's my question. Um, what do we do? You know, the best thing that, that I know that we're doing right now um, is <laughs> we're calling on the phone, yeah. making a very concerted effort. Um, I have about six or eight different people that I call on a weekly basis. And I think, you know, I can stay on for five minutes. However, it's usually a half hour later yeah. with one person because as I said before that human voice talking about their families what they're going through that's that means all the difference in the world so when it comes to training students I mean I'm assuming that's part of the the main emphasis right it was when um, students are, are being prepared to you know, enter into the medical field or healthcare field in whatever aspect they are, part of that is also helping them understand the importance of the human voice, um, especially in this population. You know, and it's not only the human voice. That, I think, is 95%. The, the respect that they give to the older adults, if they're, you know, doing an examination, helping them off the table, whatever it might be, that earns respect for the older adult. And I think that's part of the geriatric certificate program, especially within the internship, uh, which is a two credit course. They have you know, three credits in survey of aging issues, but they also have another three credit course of how to do interprofessional care management as a team within a hospital or a, a skilled nursing facility. And, nope. and that rounds it out as far as the internship when they can do the practical application.
so, um, sister, um, I mean, we all know the uh, uh, most of the hurdles that uh, the elderly have to face, you know, with um, physical and uh, um, the, the kind of aging process. But do you find that there's also uh, um, increased depression? I mean, you have some that are, um, you have some people that are now, you know, heading into their later years, and it's not just uh, the physical ailments they feel, but they also now are losing friends and family members over time as well. And then they could wind up also in possibly a care facility, um, increasing their amount of loneliness. Uh, so I didn't know whether um, the elderly suffer from a greater uh, inc percentage of depression. You know, Paul, if, if an, uh, an older adult does not have the um, wherewithal in order to reach out to family, because of depression, and yes, you're correct. If I don't have any, if I don't see any of my family, don't talk to them, or have any other activities that uh, increase my brain activity, and I just sit in the house lonely because my spouse is gone, I will get more depressed. But I also might get a little dementia. And, and that's worrisome for older adults as well. So it behooves all of us in order to reach out and touch through the phone or if you can visit an older person within a nursing home and keep that social distancing at this point right now during the pandemic, that, that helps a whole lot. It gives them some value. So, so what I'm hearing also, sister, is, you know, some of the things that your students are, as they're uh, um, seeking out that, uh-oh, there was a timer there. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that here. Sorry. Um, okay. Well, my timer went off, but I don't think it went off here. I'm sorry. But I want to end on this question, and so I know we're just going to go a bit over. But the things that you're talking about aren't specific, you know, you don't have to be a, 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 health, a healthcare professional in training to do the things that you're talking about, right? I mean, this might be sort of skills and things that we need to be wary, uh, wary of just as a general society, right? That, That's correct. That, That's that, correct. That, that these are skills and things that maybe um, we need to be practicing in all, no matter what our profession is. I think to develop an awareness of uh, when we go into a grocery store, when we go into any kind of restaurant, if when, it, when they open up, or recreational facility, um, just to be aware of who's around you. And I think that respect and uh, just the visibility that you bring to another person is highlighted just by eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball contact. And sometimes we're on our phones too much and the eyeballs are never met. Right. So that's, I always advocate that with students. Right. Right. And frankly, um, eyeball to eyeball contact, no matter, you know, who's the age, right? We're, we're all, that's one thing we're all still guilty of a little bit is we grab these little machines and we, tend to sometimes crawl into a world and forget that we're in a, in a greater world. So. Uh, uh, Jason, if I could say one more thing. Yeah. I, I always advocate 
no matter if I'm speaking to a group or whatever. I, I always advocate relationships. Yeah. We have to have relationships in life, whether it's student to faculty, whether it's grandpa, grandma to grandchild or son or daughter. There has to be a relationship in order to have like a purpose in life. And that's really crucial. I'm going to hold on. I think you just gave me the title of the podcast, sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. That was a good title. All right. Uh, Paul, you yes, sister something because we ran out of time. Yes. Um, if someone wanted to reach out and contact you, how would they do that, sister? You know, uh, my uh, again, my name is Sister Anthony Marie Graving, and I'm with the School of Nursing here at Idaho State University. My uh, contact number, uh, telephone number is 208-282-4284. Excellent. Very good. Welcome. All right, sister, it was kind of, it was fun to have on the show. Thank you. Um, it was great doing this. I, I appreciate the, the impact of information that can be passed along. Yes. You have a, you have a great podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We, we, I'd like to hear that. Paul and I enjoy it so much. Um, I might, sister, we might have to have you back on the show because I want to have a discussion uh, on the flip side of this coin, right? Um, about seniors uh, and, that, and the elderly, how to interact with the younger generation. Okay. Um, and I, I always wonder if, if that expectation goes, is too one-sided. So we got to have that discussion, um, and and I'd like to have that discussion. Right? Is is that expectation that the younger population should always adapt and change for the benefit of the senior population? But I thinking that's if we go back to your com comment about relationship, that has to be a two way street. Yes, it does. Okay. Well, you know, growing up, I was always told to respect your elders. I, I, I <laughs> and that was reinforced. And, and, and uh, so, so now in my time, in my point in life, start respecting me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, look, uh, we're done. Um, and I want to thank everyone for listening to today's show. And I especially want to uh, thank you, Sister Anthony. It was thank a you. wonderful conversation. Um, and uh, so please check out our website at, w, at uh, www.cetrain.isu.edu. That's cetrain at isu.edu. Um, you can call us at 208-282-3372. Um, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Jason and Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Continuing Education Workforce Training Suite is comprised of professionals dedicated to serving your educational needs. We understand that when it comes to your future, it's all about you. Because our staff and faculty have real-world experience actually doing what they teach, our students obtain the skills and knowledge they are looking for to be competitive in today's marketplace. For more information, please visit our website, ctrain.isu.edu. That is ctrain.isu.edu. Or call us at 208 208- 